The temperature is nice and warm in the Boiling Point Podcast studio, so come on in, get cozy, and let's enjoy the conversation. We empower leaders through thoughtful discussions to positively impact our world. Our host, Dave Vale, founder and CEO of Vision Coaching, Inc., is highlighting how we can thrive in business communities. Our conversations with leaders, entrepreneurs, and inspirational storytellers are shining a spotlight on empowerment. Joining Dave this week is our special guest host, David Savoie. Take it away, Dave and David. Wow, we're here. Um, a few technical uh, glitches, but thanks to Greg Hemmings and Hemminghouse Pictures, we are coming to you live from St. John in Moncton. I'm with David Savoie, my trusty guest host. And um, David, how you been? Doing good. How have you been? Really good. Really good. Well, we're getting well. Like, well, we're working through these technical challenges. Um, uh, our guest was who, who we're going to introduce in a second uh, was commenting on the painting behind you. Mm-hmm. You can share with with listeners and anyone that can see it what what that painting is because I think it's kind of a neat story. Yeah, so it's a local artist. I'm a big supporter of local painters and have been doing a few fundraisers over the years. So this gentleman, Raymond Martin, is from the Aberdeen or works out of the Aberdeen Cultural Center. And a few years ago, we started uh, giving books to our team and we did the book, My Iceberg is Melting. So when I saw that one, I had to buy it. So um, whenever I need to rehash the lessons learned from it, I can point to the painting that's usually right behind me as people sit in front of me and a reminder of continuous improvement and trying to do more with less and all that fun stuff. So, yeah. So, so when, how long have you had that sitting there? Or, or, uh, or well, I just changed it. So it usually sits on another wall. You can't see it, but I prefer this one because it doesn't have glass for glaring. So I switch it. Um, I don't know, four or five years, five years. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're, you know what, and how appropriate through a pandemic, right? Eh? Exactly. Big time. I'm just watching. I'm just watching our, our wonderful uh, technical support here in Greg Hemmings, um, who's graciously uh, come back into a tech role to help out. We'll explain a little more of that later. So let's let's bring our guest in. Oh no! Before one more thing, I got to share. You guys will appreciate this. Um, you know, Hemmings House, world class filmmaking company, and here is my mic stand. Can you see that? It's a garbage can upside down. Uh, it's um, a Kleenex box and the microphone stuck in. Uh, isn't that awesome? I mean, talk about innovative, right? Uh, Emily has got a kick-ass stand right there uh, in front of, and she's in front of beautiful harbor, uh, what the Bay of Fundy, I guess we're on. And, um, but we can't see that because the sun is shining too much. So let's bring Emily into the conversation. Emily, you're, you've been here before. You're, kind, you're kind of looking up before. at me too because we're sitting across from each other. We're actually mm-hmm. in the room, socially, properly socially distanced. But you have been here before. And um, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? And to, and I know David, you know David a little bit. Uh, he knows a little bit about your story. But why don't, you, why don't you share your story with people that maybe haven't listened to the podcast you're on? Share my story. Like what parts? How do how do I condense? Well, how, how, how about this? How about this? How about how you came kind of into the boiling point um, world? Um, and you know, I and and really, you know, we, we can take it from there. How's mm-hmm. that? Yeah. So I met um, I met Dave two years ago through Greg Hemmings, and uh, Greg and I had been put in contact through a mutual friend, and uh, she had said to Greg you need to meet this girl. She's got this crazy story. She's a elite athlete, has won 
you know, numerous bike races also been hit by cars twice. And, um, at that time was just kind of beginning to pursue coaching a little bit, learning more about what that was. And, uh, since then, gosh, a lot has happened in the last two years. Oh my God, totally. So at that point, when we first met you, you were just starting the process of telling that story. Mm-hmm. That was the first time that I had ever spoken about that story. And funny part of that, I had no idea I was coming onto the podcast as a guest. I had never done a podcast before, was not one to public speak in any sort of way. And uh, so Greg and Dave were chatting. I had had lunch with Greg and Greg said, oh, come on by the studio later. We're recording podcasts. I thought, yeah, sure. I'm just going to go and see what a podcast studio looks like. And you guys were introducing your next guest and uh, it was something along the lines of, oh, I can't wait to, you know, introduce this woman. She's this and this and this, all these like wonderful accolades. And then I walk in and jokingly was like, I'm here. (laughs) And sure enough, (laughs) you are the guest. I was the guest. See, but see now, and anyone that knows Greg and they probably got to know him through this podcast, um, or if they're lucky enough to have worked with him or whatever, that's just kind of the way he rolls, right? Now I know that. <laughs> you, and you would you know you know that in a really big way. So um, I'm sure, David, I'm going to let you, it's hard because you're not in the room with us. You're, you know, a few hours away from us right now. But um, Dave, any questions for Emily, David? Cause I, no, I, I, I'm just happy I, I've met her because I, I didn't think she existed. So the first time I've ever heard of Emily Rogers was this summer. I went uh, salmon fishing somewhere at a lodge and of course, Emily would know, well, I don't know if she does this, but she, she seems to have a lot of pictures on, on Instagram of fish that she's caught. So I show up and Emily, what's the question you typically ask guides when you show up? You know, you say any fish, right? Is there any fish in the river? Which is a legit question. And one of the guides and Emily's seen these guys are usually typically older gentlemen, a few younger, but they're a little bit rough around the edges. Right, Emily? Does that make sense? So I go, uh, uh, is there any fish? And one looked at me and says, yeah, Emily Rogers was here. She caught some. I'm like, who's Emily Rogers? Like, why is that a measurement that there's fish in the river? And of course, there was fish in the river. So Emily kind of beat the river for us and uh, we were able to catch a few. So uh, thank you for that, Emily. But until, uh, you know, the pictures of the fish that she's been catching over the years, I think they're photoshopped. I mean, they got to be. They're just too big. doesn't make any sense. David, you're talking about another part of your life, Emily. Mm-hmm. which is, and, and, and you got into fly fishing and you, and there's and well, why don't we back up a little bit? So that's how, so that's interesting. That's how, you know, Emily, mm-hmm. um, first time, but just when we met at in the, in the podcast booth and you shared this wonderful story and like you, you know, you had planned it and, uh, from, from the heart. And, and then since that time, you, you said, there's just been this incredible journey, right? But even if, but maybe if you just, just, for people that don't know you, um, maybe tell the backstory, you know, quickly you talk about being a world cast cyclist, um, couple accidents, and then, then all of a sudden we're popping in fly fishing. So it'd be probably confusing mm-hmm. for yeah. people. How does, how does how fly does fishing come yeah. into the cycling circuit? So in, uh, yeah, 2013 was my first accident and had a very severe accident hit by a car while riding airlifted to trauma hospital. And, um, along with brain injury and, and major, major facial, um, damage really suffered with PTSD and, and the effects of dealing with a brain injury and was very much in denial for the first couple of years about that. And I just kept riding and racing and the bike was very much a tool to, for me to try and help myself forget about everything that I had gone through trauma wise. And, um, but was really struggling and 
the idea of fly fishing came to me, um, you know, as a way of, I would spend a lot, I was living in Arizona at the time and would spend a lot of time in Sedona at this little Creek and became kind of fascinated by watching these trout and watching their feeding patterns and just what it was that they were doing. And that kind of brought back childhood memories of, of fishing and being so fascinated by, by trying to catch a fish. And, um, so then I just immediately contacted a fly fishing guide and was out fly fishing shortly after. And it has since just become a huge passion of mine and has taken me to places all over the world has, um, you know, really been something that has helped me explore more about myself, even more than learning more about fish and fisheries and the environment and sustainability mm-hmm. and all of these lessons that I can take from what I learn about different species of fish and then apply it to my own life. And um, it's opened so many incredible chapters or like little avenues in life and people who I've met through lodges and Mm -hmm. some of my closest friends and clients who I have met at fishing lodges. And, uh, yeah, but it's very, as, as as David just said, it's a very small knit world for my name to pop up at a lodge that you you were at. (laughs) And and so, so it's kind of nice to see she actually really exists, David. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. You know, this world of internet and deep fakes and people creating videos, I didn't know, right. Who knew you? And that's legit to wonder, right? You know, so now your story has been recently documented um, in, in, in a, you know, in the film version um, and with, this is through knowing Greg, mm-hmm. he said, you've got this great story. Um, David, you watched it. I, I watched it. A couple of versions. I think we got the shorter version. Yeah. Uh, what did you, David, what did you take from, from Emily's story? Like what, what stood out for you? I would say courage. And I will also say, you know, you play the hand that's dealt to you, right? In a, in a world of people like to be a victim and blame other people, kind of like that ownership of, no, no, it's, it's my life. I got to own my decision where I go next. And I got two young girls as well, right? We're going through that teenage years where they like to blame everything else. It's the teacher. It's my friend. And, and that that lesson of, no, no, I'm owning this. This is me. And this is where I want to go. And these are my goals and passion. Uh, you know, that that kind of reflected uh, heavily with me. But um, maybe people get different message out of your story, Emily. Yeah. And I think in, um, you know, it hasn't really uh, been put out there yet. Only a select few people have seen it. But definitely get very... Um, I think it's a film that is kind of open to people interpreting it in their own way and getting their own message mm-hmm. out of it and, and um, relatability and finding, you know, maybe it's not cycling, but maybe it's something else, or maybe mm-hmm. it was fishing, or maybe it's just this, this thing around loss and circumstances, you know, as you said, like being dealt a certain hand and then it's okay, what are you going to do? And to coming down to that choice. Um, yeah. I'm glad you watched it. <laughs> It was well, awesome. It brought me back to my my younger years. Well, there's a, there's a, I know there's for me there was like a lot of a lot of great messages as well. And actually, you know, that's that's a good point about you know your, our kids watching it, David. I mean, it, I think it's a really, but but the fact that you um, 
and hopefully, I, Jean-Vierre, we can put these, you know, a, a link to this. I would hope that we can share this. The, not uh, yet. Not yet. Okay. Okay. But you're allowed to, you're allowed to tell a little bit <laughs> yeah. about the response that you've got from film festivals and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So, wow. So we got like a, like an advanced look at this. Like mm -hmm. you, you put the trust into us. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, what, from when you do watch it, listeners, um, what you'll hear, and I guess the part I think is, you know, it's so hard and you got to work so hard to be, to be world-class at anything. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you found yourself there in the cycling world and you loved what I took from it, loved the competition, you know, love standing on the podium, which you did a number of times. And then um, to have it taken away um, through an accident, not once, but twice. And how you, you were, you know, you recovered and it's, it's well documented too. Like this, this was, like we're talking traumatic um, accident. Mm -hmm. like, and mm -hmm. and you, you talked about, you know, the, the post, you know, how, how psychologically how to get through that, but you have it twice. Like that's unbelievable. Um, and then to then start finding a different path in life, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's kind of about letting go, but also finding yourself. That's kind of what I, what I took from it. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, with that, it's a 17 minute version of that film. And that segment is going to be played in, um, in film festivals around the world. And, um, it was condensing 37 years of my life yeah. into a 17 minute film. My mom's like, how's Greg going to do this? I'm like, mom, it's not your problem. <laughs> like, like Greg handle it, but how that story in my story could go, can go so many different ways and having to kind of condense it down to what do we want the message to be um, for this particular film, for the short film? And um, yeah, it's exciting. And it, uh, you know, for me, we did do a private screening last week for a company. And that's the first time that I have watched it with a group of people and seeing, um, seeing people's reaction to it, getting that feedback from it. And I sat there, Greg and I, and um, during watching it, and I've seen it a few times and, um, but it really kind of, uh, it, it brought emotion mm -hmm. uh, in me. And it was kind of that moment of, and I've had a few of them and I know I'll continue to have them, but this moment of, wow, this actually is my life and was my life. And I, actually did go through those things because there can be times that it just feels very surreal. And, uh, so to see it play out like that and to be in a position now where, um, being more open to sharing it. And I remember during that podcast day that I did with, um, you and Greg two years ago, uh, Greg asked a question. I forget exactly what it was, but it had something to do about the accidents or my injuries. And I remember leaning back in my chair and being like, nope, we're not going there. Yeah. And Greg saying like, yeah. Yeah, 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 we're going there. And if it hadn't have been for that, for that moment, uh, who knows how, um, if I would have been open to, if I didn't kind of get that nudge to continue to share. And even now we filmed in April and May and even over these last few months, what I have learned more about myself, what I've accepted more about what it was that I went through and more of my story and how different that film could potentially be right now, if I were to, and I will continue to share and share more about it, but it's me also being open 
to understanding more of myself, accept more of what it was that I did go through, the severity of some of the things, the severity of the of the head injury, of the trauma, um, and uh, and the struggles with my identity and and in how, if you were saying, Dave, it's you can kind of put so much of yourself to be this world class elite athlete, and it takes one moment to end it. That now, and that in itself, what a message, right? I mean, for any of us at mm-hmm. any point, right? Um, just how quickly things can change. Mm-hmm. And so you've experienced that uh, a number of times. So it, I'm, I'm hearing it was all it was it was somewhat therapeutic, just going through the story and being able to share it. And 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 in the documentary, a little bit of a spoiler alert, if it's okay. But mm-hmm. you know, having you revisit some of the places, yeah, and you know, the emotion. You, you know, you're, as you're sharing your story, you know, is, is, that's the other thing is just, uh, you know, and, and I don't know if you're getting a sense of Emily here, David, um, but you know, you're, you're just very authentic, you know, authentically sharing, you know, kind of where you're coming from, which is a gift and, and it's unique and it's hard to do. It takes a lot of courage. Well, and with that, what I really have discovered over the last let's say four years in particular was how much energy it was taking me to not be me and that it was more tiresome to try and be this person that I wasn't, um, than it was to just be, be me with all the highs and the lows and the flaws and everything else that goes with it and just fully accepting that. And then I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry about the story that it is that I'm, or, or the way that I'm wanting to portray myself to the world because it's just naturally me. And, um, yeah, it doesn't depend on a, on a bike race. It doesn't depend on a good training day. It doesn't depend on any of those things. And it was very hard going back to the, to the accident, um, site in Arizona and to really relive that. And I knew it would, bring me to emotion. Um, I mean, there were times where it was like eight years of emotion that I had been hanging on to was just released, like in the sobbing uncontrollably Mm. kind of thing. I mean, it's like these, these feelings, these everything that I had just kind of swallowed and wanted to forget about, but are still there and just slowly kind of letting those letting those go. And, um, and there's still work to do. There always will be. What were you hoping to share by saying yes to do this movie? Like, what were you hoping that somebody watching it would take from it? Because you did say yes. You're trying to communicate something and you chose the medium of film. Yeah. Is that um, my story is not about me, that, that, that the documentary might be featuring Emily Roger, but that it's not about me. It's a message that so many people in one way or another are going through in life. And um, my only hope for that film is that it's able to create impact, that it's able to, um, you know, cause people to self-reflect, to kind of check in with themselves and the choices that they are making to explore more of who they are, to not be embarrassed about what it is that they are going through. Um, yeah, because being able to kind of step back from, from me, um, you know, and it just being about Emily, that's where I kind of got to the place that I can openly speak about what it is that I went through the highs and the lows, you know, even before I, I would have sometimes a, a hard time saying, 
yeah, I've won two world championship level bike races because I didn't want, like, I was worried about pride or ego kind of coming up in that where now it's like, yeah, I did that with the support and help of a whole lot of people and really now being able to kind of share the backstory behind all of that. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. So one of my favorite questions that I ask people that don't go through some kind of journey arc and curve is what keeps you up at night now post film what keeps emily roger up at night what's what's top of mind that you're trying to unpack it's a good ypo question i don't know <laughs> hmm. i think i can honestly say right now anyways nothing because I'm at such a place of trusting that everything will unfold and I will unpack things as they come to me. And as I see that they need to be unpacked and um, you know, that's, that's something that every day I am kind of unpacking things more and more at the speed that I'm able and, uh, and willing to do, but I've certainly learned to let all of my worries go, my stresses go. And um, yeah, I just really trust it. Like ultimately everything, everything works out if I just kind of stay open a little bit more every single day. So, you know, I think, yeah, right now, what keeps me awake at night? You're sleeping well. Sleeping well. <laughs> I've got this like excitement for the next day of like, that's kind of always been my thing of I'm such a morning person that it's like the faster I go to sleep, the sooner morning comes. And <laughs> I love that. I love your, your enthusiasm is contagious, right? Like, and it, it, it's so, it's so genuine. I love it. Um, so what can you share about um, how is this, your story is being received and, um, you know, some of the opportunities that are starting to come your way as a result. And there's a couple other things, because, and then I want to shift into um, a conversation where Greg encouraged you to talk to me about this other world you're, you're, you're involved in as well, uh, which is, is coaching. Mm -hmm. But, but let's, before, before we go into that, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the, how the response to the show and, uh, or the documentary story and your story. It has been, uh, yeah, incredible. I, um, I really went into that with no expectations at all of what was going to come from it, of what film festivals it was going to be put into or accepted into. And, um, you know, just right now we are, um, 
kind of putting it into the film festivals and we have got accepted into the ones that we've put it into so far. Um, it's going to be playing at the Toronto International Women's Film Festival. It's playing at the Indie Film Festival. Um, and it's opening up doors for, um, we are in currently uh, negotiations with, with a, a national broadcast corporation to air a longer one hour version of the film. And uh, I certainly do. And, and Greg and I, and, and the Hemings films team are um, in the process of coming up with some other ideas of future projects. So you're being a little quiet. Um, I think you have to be. Um, <laughs> you, and it was funny, just as, as we we're getting all the tech set up here and we say, can I, can I share this? Can I share this? So just, let's just put it this way. This is a good story to continue to follow. Um, because there, people are going to see more of you. Um, and you've shared some things with me that I, I don't think I'm at liberty to share, but um, in terms of some opportunities that are mm -hmm. sitting on the horizon. So, I, and, and it's through sharing your story and being you. It's amazing, right? Like, yeah. so it's, uh, it's that in itself and this whole idea of, you know, being authentic and all those sorts of things is just, is awesome. So, you, so, so here's another interesting thing, David. Um, and David and I know each other because, you know, and we talked about this in a previous podcast, um, you know, he was looking for a coach and called me up and, and he's a, he's a big believer in coaching, um, and has, is literally the, uh, leader in generating leads for vision coaching has <laughs> been incredible. Like, like it is, it's unbelievable. And, uh, and I've, I've tried to buy the best wine for him. I can to, to thank him and, and, and he's, um, certainly helped knit my palate for wine and stuff. And, but it's, but it's developed into a wonderful friendship. Um, but knowing the coaching world the way you do, David, this is kind of a neat story. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm assuming actually I'm allowed to share this, right? yeah. correct? Cause we're going to, we're going to have a guest on and we're going to, we're going to reveal who our, our next guest host is in a little bit here as well. Um, but Emily called and said, you know, I'm really interested in, in, in working with a coach and can you rec some, recommend someone or, you know, and when we walked, we talked through the process, similar to what I would have done with you a number of years ago, David. And, um, and, you know, and thankfully you, you thought, oh, it's probably a worthwhile investment of your time. So I'll let you take it from there. And I was paired with the, it like, it could not have been a more perfect match um, for my coach, Bruce McLeod. And in talking about the documentary, I can honestly say that um, I do not think that I would have been able to do the film and speak as openly as I did in that documentary if it hadn't have been for my work with Bruce. Really? Yeah. Wow. And the other opportunities that have since opened, it's like I, um, I, yeah, I'm such an advocate for coaching. Um, that's, that's why I'm now in the business of coaching. I, I think it is just the, it's so powerful. It's so impactful. And Bruce has been such an integral part of my life and especially this last year. Um, yeah, it, uh, yeah. Bruce was actually the first person that I shared the film with. That's how impactful wow. he has been in this process. So, and Bruce, who, who is going to be a, a guest, um, and he's going to talk about the coaching world with us. And he's on faculty at Royal Roads, as well as his, his relationship with vision coaching. He's our general manager of coaching services. He's a fabulous guy. He's been on this podcast before. Mm -hmm. 
but it was impactful enough that you, you decided to enroll at Royal Road. I did. And go through the graduate certificate in executive coaching. I did. Yes. Which I just kind of finished. And I, did, I is, it, is it over? Into, is it capstone? Yeah. I have capstone next week okay. and then, oh, and yeah. then done. So I, um, I had looked into, I had taken other coaching certifications before and had looked into Royal Roads before, but I kind of thought it was out of my league. Really? And yeah, I thought, oh gosh, I would never get accepted into that program. <laughs> and this um, is before you knew me. <laughs> yep. And, uh, and then when I met you on the podcast and then the Royal Roads was kind of mentioned again, I thought, oh, that's, that's, that's that university program I was looking into. And then spoke to Bruce a lot about it and ended up applying and getting in. And uh, so I actually was going through that program and going through residency at the same time filming the documentary, which was perfect time of, you know, talk about uncovering all of your own blind spots and everything else. It was like, <laughs> it's like, it's a light, it's transformational experience. I mean, I, for me, it was anyways. And, and for, uh, and I, I don't know about you, but when I went and I went to the program, uh, it's, it's more robust now. I'm certain. In fact, my wife just went through it mm -hmm. and she just got her CEC and she, as she's going through it, she's saying, did you really do all this stuff, Dave? Like, I just can't see you doing all this stuff. So I'm sure it's a lot harder now. But, um, and that's not to take anything away from what it was. Um, but what I wasn't prepared for was um, how, how much they push you, the individual. Like, so, you know, for example, if you want to powerfully acknowledge someone else, well, how do you start by um, asking for acknowledgement of yourself, you know, and these exercises. And Oh, David, I was sweating all the time. Like it was just like, that's my, my biofeedback. Whatever I'm uncomfortable <laughs> is I start sweating. It was like, I had, I had to bring extra shirts or anything. Cause it was like tough sledding, but it's a, it's a quite an, an amazing experience, isn't it? Yeah. And I think it goes with that paradigm of you can only take your clients as far as you're willing to go yeah. yourself. And Amen. if you're not willing to do the work, why should somebody else trust you to then be able to like help facilitate them to do the work? Um, no, I think I certainly have a lot of, uh, you know, friends in, in the program as well, that they weren't prepared for how much inner work it was going to be on them. And it was very much like, Oh, Whoa, <laughs> what do you mean? I got to unpack my own yeah, stuff and yeah, learn how to I wanna, I wanna, take I wanna, acknowledgement this is about other people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like imagine that taking acknowledgement, like, why is that so hard? Oh my God, it's hard. Right. Um, David, you would be awesome for the program. You're a natural coach, my friend. I don't know about that, but I know I've been unpacking a lot of stuff uh, since I started my journey. So I'm going to go to Emily second. I'll start with Dave. Uh, 20 second elevator pitch, Dave. Why would somebody be lucky to have you as a coach? What do you coach them at? What do you do to get people unstuck? Why should somebody hire Dave? And I know I was one of your clients. So I'm not going to say why, but go. Go for it. And Emily could work on hers after. What? Okay. Well, let, let me think about her. Um, but, but we, you know, we start at vision coaching with the idea that, um, you know, you want to find the best fit, the most credible coach to each client. So what I find, and I have the luxury, I mean, I feel so lucky we're at a place now where we get, um, you know, quite a few people coming through and looking for coaching and just, you know, just for being around for 16 years, probably, and, and having an amazing roster of coaches and you both have experienced worked with coaches on the roster. Um, and what I learned early on is if you're, if it's the right fit, um, you can just tell. And so when I got on a call with you, David, you brought an energy and I loved what you were doing. And 
um, you're just willing to, to totally go for it. Similar to you, Emily. Um, and, and I just, some people, you just think, I think, I think I'm a good fit for this person. Or I meet with them and I go, I'd love to work with this person. Like you, you in, in case in point with Emily, but you know what, you know, who's more suited to her, Bruce McLeod. And, and that worked out. Mm -hmm. and, and I figure there's probably one in 10 of our matches, uh, don't, don't, don't work. In fact, I had someone contact me today, wants to meet another coach. Um, which is because it's really all about the coachee. So there's a particular type of coaching that I'm probably most effective at. And there's some stuff that is just, it's just not me. So I just like to get them. And so really my goal in all of this is to educate people on, on the impact coaching can have on their life and their career and their business, and then invite them in and help find the most credible coach to them. So I think that's probably that would be my elevator pitch, David, because I, I, I know that I'm not the right coach for everyone. And in fact, there's some situations. So David and I were in a situation where, you know, it, for me, it became obvious, like we're, we're better friends than mm. I am a coach to David. So let, let's find another coach for you, David, you know, whether that was with vision coaching or some, something else, because, because I was, so this is another problem. I was probably getting more out of the conversations personally than, than David was. So that's probably a chance to, to change the relationship, right? Because it, it shouldn't be that reciprocal, right? Or, and in fact, it was more than reciprocal for me. But um, so that, I don't know if that satisfies your, uh, your. Dave, I hope Greg Hemmings can cut that 20. What was it like? Two minutes into 20 seconds. Like you, you need that editing skill. Okay. Right to the point. You know what? I thought maybe the elevator got broke between the second and third floor. <laughs> Probably. I'm going to take the steps. I'm going to take the stairs on this one. Yeah. <laughs> so Emily, what, what do you think? Who'd be a great client for you as a coach? Where do you think your passions lie helping people? Yeah. So I, although I, you know, certified and took training in executive coaching, I really love coaching the whole person and really helping facilitate and partner with someone who wants to explore all aspects of their life, who is willing and ready to dig in both personally and professionally. And I'm very much someone, I think as it's obvious that I, I bring my whole self and, and I love working with clients and I think I work best with clients or I shouldn't say that, but, um, who are open to that as well, of just really curious to get to know themselves better, to get to know their passions better, their values better. And, um, and, you know, like, like Dave said, I actually sent someone to Dave two weeks ago of, of a client mm -hmm. who had reached out to me to coach them. And I thought, I don't know if I'm the best coach for you. Um, and sent his name to, to Dave. I think it really does have to be a very, um, it is kind of like a perfect fit for at the time being, and then you can kind of outgrow one another, or become better um, as friends. But it certainly is something that it's kind of an interview process of, of are we going to be a good fit together and trusting that instinct of if the client feels like, uh, I don't know that because you've got to bring your whole self or at least be kind of willing to bring your whole self with where you are currently at and so in fact, you know, the part of what we do is we assess readiness because if someone's not ready and some, I don't know, some people can be moderately ready and mm -hmm. maybe they'll, maybe they'll be brought along, but, um, but I, I think it takes the right kind of person to bring it out. Um, so that I like Emily, I, your, your answer is better than mine. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. The whole person. That's great. And it's true. It is a process. It. it is a process. Well, I have a couple of times. It is a process of working with the whole person, right? Not just the person. And, and I think that's, that can be really powerful as well. So so speaking of being authentic and um, putting yourself out there, David, you and I were, you, you recently put out a, a, a post on LinkedIn um, and it was, um, 
it was, oh, you just changed your, I just, I thought we I lost. Changed camera, I was running out of battery, sorry. <laughs> um, and and it was well received, you know, it was, you know, it was talking about a mentor you'd lost. Um, mm -hmm. I think there was, you know, and there was something about you just being on, just being real and just coming out and sharing it. And it, it was, it, and we talked about it in the last podcast. Um, and, and you're, you really, you know, had people, uh, you know, reach out to people they know and, and thank mentors that they have and, and that sort of thing. Um, Emily, you did a post, uh, a LinkedIn post and probably an Instagram and other things. I saw it in LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've had some posts from, for the, for the, my network, you know, I would call it like kind of, I don't even know if it's technically viral, but it like really goes out there. It's one in every 20 or maybe one in 50. I don't even know what it is, but this one just went to the moon and back. Like it's got, how many views does it have now? Over last time I last time I looked, it was over 1.8 million on wow. just mine. So yeah. So let's what what was the post? The post was drum roll, please. <laughs> Emily Roger lost her front tooth, which now <laughs> a lot of the world knows. Um, but it was as 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 a result of um, my cycling accident in 2013 and ongoing kind of dental and jaw issues, where my body just started resorbing my own bone again, and so ended up losing my front tooth and which was not in my plans of what was happening in my life. That's for sure. And so you have to now go through the waiting for the bone grafts to heal all that kind of stuff before I can get an implant. So I'm wearing a flipper retainer right now, every 38 year old's dream. <laughs> and, uh, so I had decided to do a LinkedIn post kind of to my professional network because I was going back to work and I, thought about, you know, this concept of bringing our whole selves and bringing our whole selves to, to our work or whatever it is that we do. And there was a part of me that thought, okay, well, I'll just change everything from working with my clients on zoom to just audio. And, but then it was kind of that, you know, self-reflection of, wow, Emily, so you're going to let your pride get in the way. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so a few different things went into my decision to post publicly about it, but I, put a picture out there of me smiling, missing my front tooth and wrote up a, a, a little thing that had some humor in it. And that had some real honesty, real, real, real vulnerability. As yeah. Well. In saying how hard I struggled with it, how difficult it was for me when I woke up from surgery and didn't have my front tooth, but that I was choosing to just embrace who I was and embrace the circumstance that I was given and carry on. And, uh, that was my second, I think, might've actually been my first time ever posting on LinkedIn. And I had like less than 40 followers. I didn't even really know how to log into LinkedIn. I had to help have someone help me do the post. And, and with the next morning, I had all these text messages of people talking about this LinkedIn post. And I'm thinking, did my computer get hacked? Like what happened? And I logged on and yeah, in less than 24 hours, this post went, I guess, viral over 1.8 1.5 million views within the first 24 hours. And my inbox was flooded, um, with emails and people reaching out, like saying, thank you for showing that. And, uh, and how many people could relate to that, whether it was missing a front tooth or whatever it was that they were kind of going through at that time that was preventing them from being able to fully show up as themselves. Awesome. It That's was awesome. It's a great, I mean, it's just I, like, I mean, the story <laughs> and we're missing half the stories here, but like the, this is, this is in the last what month. Maybe? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I came up with mine and I was like, you know, and I, 
and I was reading the comments and, you know, of course I commented because I've, I've got a million stories uh, about missing front teeth. Cause if I, you know, I finally got an implant that thankfully took, right. Yeah. But man, oh man. So, um, so for another time we can, I can share that story with you, but uh, I don't know if I would, well, I don't think I did take a picture and put it out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So good for you. And I just love the response. The person you send across to me for, you know, for coaching or collaborating, whatever we'll end up doing together, I think is a result of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, uh, I understand you've actually had to hire someone to help you Mm -hmm. because the response has been so great. So what a good problem to have, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I wouldn't. uh... I wouldn't recommend getting your tooth front tooth extracted if you're trying to like, there's, there's other approaches, but yeah, it, uh, no, it definitely opened up a lot of, of, a lot of doors for me and, um, brought people kind of into my network that I potentially would not have met. Otherwise it's been really incredible. And, uh, it's really speaks to the power, right. Of, and, yeah. and, and, you know, a lot of times we're negative on social media, but this to me is a really a wonderful example of it can be very positive and help other people. And I, I just think, it, anyways, I just want, so check that out. You can just put Emily Roger, uh, Google uh, front tooth, and it will show up for sure. I'm <laughs> guessing jean Viv can tell me if that's true or not. So Emily is, um, is going to take over for, from David Savoy as the guest host um, of the Boiling Point for a few podcasts she's agreed to. And, uh, uh, kindly agreed to. So thank you for that. David, any advice for Emily on being, and you've been a, an amazing guest host over the last few episodes. Um, well, I'd say just be curious, right? Ask a few questions of the person you're going to interview and be curious. There's missing a lot of curiosity in this world. Mm-hmm. And I would ask you guys, uh, you know, you, you both did some kind of sport in your lives and had to reinvent yourself and the movie's going to be shared to the world. And Emily, you know, her story is going to be much more known than maybe Dave's. If somebody's going through something right now and they need to find the courage to either get a coach or take that next step, what's that first step somebody should be thinking about? Each of you, give me an answer on that one. I'll let you go first, Emily. My first, the first thing that would come to my mind would be to take the leap of faith and trust what you already know within yourself to do next. If there's that kind of spark of curiosity within yourself of, oh, I should reach out to a coach or I should to act on what that is. There's no commitment in there, but take that first step to exploring something, putting that thought to action. Thanks, Dave. I think it's um, for me, it would be finding someone to share it with um, that's going to support you or going to challenge you or going to, you know, encourage you Um, as simple as that, I think. But I think it may be about that first step as well. It's hard to know what's going to be the next steps, Mm. right? But it's taken Mm. the first step, I think, to Emily's point. Um, We're at the end. This has been awesome. David, thank you so much. Um, I think it'll be easy for us to be curious. Uh, Love the curiosity you brought into this. I, I envision um, you being back, I hope, again and again. And, um, and Emily, thank you so much for being our, our guest and then, and then agreeing to jump into guest host. Thank you. David, I look forward to uh, fishing out together. on the river with fishing, you. Fishing, hunting. Well, give me a few more uh, excursions before I can uh, uh, be brave and go out in the field again. But yeah, fishing for sure. That'd be awesome. Yeah, love it. Okay, put it on LinkedIn when you guys do it. Tag me so I can at least watch, or maybe you can invite me. That'd be fun too. Um, Jean Viev, for the closer, 
Can you? Yeah, and in, I can confirm that if you Google Emily Rogers front tooth, you do find everything you need to know. Uh, yeah. So you can Google that. Um, so if you're looking for information about this podcast, uh, best place, head to our website, boilingpointpodcast.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and across all podcast platforms. Um, and definitely be sure to check out Emily's first episode with us, uh, where you get the background and the full story of her experience with her, her different car crashes and how she recovered through those. Okay. And then we'll have ways that people can link up with you and David on the, uh, you know, on the on this page, I'm sure, right? Can I say that right? Yes, we will. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Boiling Point Podcast. Remember to subscribe and rate our podcast on your favorite listening platform. To find out more, head to our website at boilingpointpodcast.com. You can connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. To find out more about Dave Vale's work, head over to visioncoachinginc.com. Thanks for listening, and make sure to check out our next conversation. You looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man podcast. Join me, host Mike C., as we explore all areas of human wellness, physical, mental, and emotional. Learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health. Remember, your doctor works for you. Learn biohacks, neurohacks, ways to improve sleep, and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.